Happy Ramadan and welcome to Those Podding Muslims, a podcast brought to you by the charity New Horizons in British Islam. A few years ago, a fatwa was issued to reduce British Muslims' fasting period during the holy month of Ramadan. It's because Ramadan that particular year landed in peak British summertime, meaning very, very long fasting days. It was argued that fasting for up to 18 hours a day was excessive and so should be shortened. But critics believe it's not sticking to the letter of the Quran. Well, today on Those Podding Muslims, I'm speaking to Dr. Osama Hassan, the man behind the fatwa. Thank you so much for joining us, firstly, Osama. I appreciate your time. Uh, as you said at the start, they're two very distinct subjects, the, the Moon Wars debate. But there's something else, something separate, but kind of linked, I suppose, is the what time of day you break your fast. Now, just explain why that's, why that's different and why, again, there's some debate around that. Traditionally, as per the wording of the Quran, you fast from dawn to sunset. Now, we have a, a particular problem at high latitudes. So remember, right. the, the equator is zero latitude. And, yep. and you get closer to the poles, north and south pole. Those are called higher latitudes. And Britain, we are roughly between 50 and 60. Okay. Uh, so on the higher degree. end of the latitude scale. Yeah, exactly. That's basically northern Europe. Most of Western and northern Europe falls into this. Okay. So France, Germany, etc. We have a problem, which is, if you'll remember from geography classes in primary school, is that in the summer, because the Earth is tilted towards the sun, the Earth axis in the northern hemisphere, we have long summer days. So if Ramadan coincides with midsummer, and they did two years ago, mid-Ramadan was, was exactly midsummer. So uh, at the very peak of summer? Yes. So okay. we we had uh, the longest fasts, or you know, sunrise to sunset, or dawn to sunset, for 33 years. Now, when I say how, how long is long, we're talking about if you use dawn to sunset... You get a timetable of 18 to 21 hours in Britain alone. 18 to 21 hours every day fasting, right? <laughs> right and you've okay. only got 24 hours. Yeah. And somewhere like Scandinavia mm. or Ireland, it's even worse because if you follow that method, you get 21, 22 hours uh, mm. fasting. And you've got two hours literally to break your fast, to uh, observe three sets of prayers, plus the Ramadan prayers, special Ramadan prayers, mm. uh, and, and plus eat again for the next day. And in my view, it is excessive. Now, we know that causes a lot of hardship. Right. And, and I spoke about this because I actually had a question from an elderly person who was about 60 plus who said he's fasted all his life. He loves fasting. He lives in Scotland. Right. Uh, where the days are longer. He mm. said, I just can't do this anymore. I can't, uh, I can't fast till half past 10 at night. It's unnatural. Mm. And I agreed with him. And then I found that Al-Azhar and other famous centers of Sunni learning had addressed this issue before. And Al-Azhar have a standard fatwa which you'll find on my blog and other places if you look for it, who recognize this problem. And they said fasting should be of a reasonable length. Because, of course, the Quran was revealed in Mecca, which is close to the Tropic of Cancer, uh, and, and, you know, and not too far from the equator. And mm. there you have moderate timing. In Mecca, basically, the fasting throughout the year would vary from 12 to 16 hours. That's right. it. Al-Azhar, actually, in their fatwa, which is a religious pronouncement, they said anything more than 18 hours is definitely too long, it's excessive. They said it causes hardship. Mm. And I strongly agree, because we know of we know of people who have had medical problems. We know of Muslims, lots of Muslims in this country, who have ended up in hospital. 
And these are fit and healthy people because you would assume that if they're not fit and healthy, they probably wouldn't be fasting in the first place. Well, if you have slight issues, you see, most most a lot of Muslims want to fast. It's a beautiful act of worship. It's a real detox. It's very good for body, heart, and mind. Mm. And if you have slight medical problem or you need to take tablets, say you know daily medicines, a lot of a lot of Muslims vary their injections or tablets, right? Uh, because they can usually get away with a 12 or 14 hour gap in between. Mm, mm. But when it reaches 18, 21 hours, well, I know from talking to GPs in this country mm. that there are many Muslims who are told by their GPs not to fast and who don't listen because they love the fasting and they end up falling very ill. I see. Uh, so. So, so we know there are health risks to mm. this. In my own view, you know, this is subjective, of course. How long is too long? Yeah. Al-Azhar didn't put the minimum limit 18. All they said was 18 is definitely too much. 18 hours mm. plus. Mm. Uh, it might be roughly 12 to 16 hours is, is sufficient. In my view, that's reasonable. You know, it's just slightly subjective. And in the winter, by the way, in the winter, mm. we only get 8 to 10 hours of daylight fasting. So some people would say that you make up for it because you have like 10 years of very long fasts, mm. but then you have 10 it's years of very short fasts. Yeah. But in my view, it's actually more reasonable and more balanced to say let's do 12 to 16 hours because we are in a in extreme latitudes mm. and you know what do people in Sweden do Norway what do uh, they do? or in, within the Arctic Circle mm. well I know a lot of them again have the same problem with medical issues and mm. uh, although there are some who, who do follow a 12 to 16 hour timetable right okay. uh, there was an old fatwa which you could follow the timing of Mecca and Medina right okay. and also we, you know we have to be principled about this what is a high latitude there was a famous Jordanian mufti in the last century who argued that uh, anything over 45 degrees was a high latitude because that's halfway between the equator and the poles. Right. Which, which in my view is reasonable. By the way, the Southern Hemisphere doesn't have this problem because you notice Australia mm-hmm. uh, is not too far from the equator. So You're not difficult. telling us to move to Australia, are you? Oh, well, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, uh, well the, the weather there is amazing. Apparently. Yeah, well, why <laughs> yeah. not? Australia and South Africa for Ramadan uh, uh, don't have these problems that we have. Yeah, I'm just going to say, well, what do critics say? Because you know, the, the argument would be you're just trying to change things to suit yourself. I mean, what what do come yeah, up with? critics say things like this, I, and, and I would say actually uh, that no, what we're doing is authentic to the spirit of Islam, mm. which is that uh, you fast morning till evening, you don't make things excessively hard for yourself, because that's where you get extremism actually and, and fanaticism. God doesn't want you to to die. We know uh, that many Muslims who fast these long hours, they spend the last two or three hours of sleep. Right. And it's not surprising, it's just exhausting. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's many other reasons. So I would say actually this is called uh, this is This is actually following a far more balanced and sensible approach to Islam. And as I said, it's been endorsed by the highest authority in Islam actually, right. including Al-Azhar. Um, for high latitude so what we're actually doing in my view is the correct balanced uh, mm. approach to Islam secondly by the way those who insist on allegedly following a traditional method of starting with dawn mm. it's well known that you you can't actually calculate exactly the beginning of dawn in fact the beginning of dawn doesn't even exist at high latitudes if you do, if those who want to be really strict they would have to start fasting at midnight in fact which is 1am in the summer mm. and in fact some of their timetables do start fasting at 1am which they think is dawn, it's not, it's actually midnight. Mm. The, and what I argue is that the Quran and all the principles of Islam, I've given details about fatwa, all the different mm. texts, show that basically fasting is supposed to be daylight hours, morning till evening. Basically, that's what mm. it is. You see, the Quran doesn't even say sunset, it says fast till evening, okay. or night time. Okay. And that's why there's even a minor variation between Sunnis and Shias 
or when you end fasting every day, Sunnis uh, break the fast exactly at sunset. The Shias generally wait about half an hour for it to get a bit darker because they say it's night time, not just sunset. Uh, so there's variations there anyway. But I, I would argue that the if you're not too literalist, that it's fasting morning till evening, during daylight hours, during mm. work, whatever you do, and then the night time is for, for sleep and rest, but also extra worship in Ramadan. And in every society, an 18, 19, 20 hour day is just excessive. It's just, it's saying that the Quran, the irony is, the verse in the Quran, the long passage about fasting, which is well known about Ramadan, in the middle of that passage, there's a famous great Quranic verse which says, God wishes ease for you and not hardship. <laughs> it's basically saying, don't kill yourself, right. but enjoy the benefits of fasting. Mm. Uh, and in my view, sadly, if we Muslims forget that spirit of it and we're sticking to the letter of the law about dawn and sunset, we're literally killing people. Right. There is even a, a widely distributed report, I've heard this from five or six people in, from both London and Birmingham, but I must admit it's not confirmed. Mm. But there's this well-known story which a lot of Muslims in this country will have heard of a primary school child dying uh, because they were fasting the full hours. Now, as I said, I've tried to confirm that it's not confirmed. Uh and I would love to find out if it's confirmed or not. But we we certainly know, uh, we, I know of two confirmed c- cases of children f- fainting in the mosque. Right. Nighttime Ramadan prayers. They've been fasting all day, and going to school and stuff, and they've fainted. And, but thank God it's not been too serious. One of them was rushed to hospital, I know this, a couple of years ago. And those are just two cases that I know of. My guess is there's many more. There's a whole section in a famous book of Hanafi uh, law jurisprudence and the Hanafis are one of the main schools of the mm. Sunni school which and they have a whole concept called istihsan uh, which is making things easier basically and it's based on that verse of the Quran right. which occurred in the Ramadan passage which said God wishes ease for you and not hardship uh, and that whole uh, school of thought says a very important principle which says uh, you know follow religion religion is good but don't make it too hard for yourselves uh, you have to be balance about religion and so as I said agree with Al-Azhar and, and many other scholarly authorities the timetables in Britain which this year as well will tell Muslims to fast for 18 to 20 hours every day I believe is excessive because don't forget a lot of children fast as well mm. traditionally a, a boy is adult at 15 and, and the girls at 12 or when they start their periods so we know that a lot of Muslim children primary school even secondary school who are trying to fast every day or who are parents are forcing them to fast right. every day. And this is why we've had the controversy around various primary schools uh, banning fasting for young children, uh, which in my view was was correct, actually, to safeguard their health. Uh, I've spoken to many teachers and head teachers who told me about children not taking part in PE, uh, being exhausted, falling asleep at their desks. The head of sixth form told me that the sixth formers they're all asleep in classes, even though it's uh, coming up to Ramadan. It's partly the fasting and also partly the, the night prayers. Uh, but uh, we do have to take this seriously because education uh, is also uh, an Islamic obligation. Uh, and what about those people who may not necessarily be critical because they're following a certain custom or, or tradition, but... For example, I've spoken to people and they've said, I just do it out. It's almost ritualistic. And I feel like if I've not done the full however many hours, I've not done Ramadan. Not done Ramadan properly. <laughs> yeah, no, I sympathise with that. I do say if if you can fast 18, 20 hours safely, do it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I said, I did it when I was younger. Yeah. What I would say, because even in, in the teaching of the Prophet, it's, it's, uh, it's very nice. It's not well known that the... 
the Prophet himself, peace be upon him, and uh, very few of his uh, elect followers who were able to do so actually did uh, fast for long periods, including at night. So they wouldn't break mm. their fast at sunset. Oh, right. They would fast for several days and nights at a time. Mm-hmm. But they didn't impose that on others because they made it easy. Mm. And, and some of them wanted to follow the Prophet and he said, don't, you're not strong enough for this. Right. But some of them were strong enough and he let them. So my view is if you can, it's very good for you. They said fasting, you know, mm. good, uh, good for you, carry on. Mm. But don't impose it on others. I think the mosque's right. authorities uh, have a duty. It is dangerous. You know, that's why schools have banned children from fasting, mm. primary school children from fasting these hours, and maybe even younger secondary school children, uh, because uh, literally the, uh, we've got people's lives uh, in our hands, and uh, there is the other option, w- w- which in my view is more balanced and more sensible. It gives you a better balance to your day, and you're able to concentrate your work and uh, other activities mm. and, and worship. So I've had a lot of good feedback from people who've followed this. Mm. I had one mother thank me to say, uh, she she has her family Ramadan back because the children can't get up at 3am, uh, 4am for school, but they can uh, have a breakfast at 7 or 8am before school and break their fast at uh, 8, 9pm mm. in the evening. They've still done... And by the way, it's still very difficult in the summer to fast 13, 14 hours. Yeah, it's not easy, 12 hours. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great achievement to fast every day for 12 hours. Mm. Mm. And critics seem to think... Uh, the, the, that uh, those of us who aren't doing 18, 20 hours that we're, that we're having a picnic no we're not 12 hours f- 14 hours 16 hours in the summer is still a huge achievement mm. uh, and so that's why I think we shouldn't be hung up on the fasting hour they did that ultimately the, the, the quality of, of your fasting experience and how it makes you feel your spirit your spirituality your humility mm. that you become more loving forgiving towards other people that you become less selfish and greedy all of that is important, mm. and on the other hand, I have to, I have to, I have to admit. That, and other critics ask that in the winter, shouldn't you lengthen your hours? And I agree with them. And you I, should. And I do. In fact, I I used to do that anyway. In December, mm. eight or ten hours would fly by, and when I'm at work, I, I would often uh, not break my fast at four p.m., which is sunset in winter. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'd finish my work six seven p.m., I'd I'd break my fast. Uh, so I was effectively. Fasting 12, 14 hours. For example, there, uh, there's a, a major Shia center in Birmingham called the Al Mahdi Institute, and they held a seminar about this some years ago. Right. And again, this was one of one of their top scholars. Mm. Not all of them, but one of them also came up uh, independently uh, with uh, this decision that it should be uh, 14 hours throughout the year. Right. Oh, throughout. Uh, okay. Throughout the year, to fix 14. it because uh, yeah. 14 hours and you can come up with appropriate timetables for that and I was very pleased because independently I'd argued for 12 to 16 hours when I was doing some reading around this I would hear or read terms like or or phrases like well within the mainstream of the religion or don't listen to X that's from a fringe group of Islam or get your information from a reliable source does this whole discussion around moon wars and when and when you don't break your fast allude to I suppose a bigger issue in Islam about Interpretations. Yes, it certainly does. Interpretation and authority. Right. Because who decides? Mm. What, what, what I would caution, there's a lot of ignorance about this subject. A lot of people who, who speak about this matter. And I must admit, 25, 30 years ago, when I got very excited about these topics, I must admit I didn't really know enough about the astronomy. Mm. Uh, but then I actually learned astronomy, became an official astronomer, you know, <laughs> at the Royal Observatory Greenwich and now fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society. So I hope I know what I'm talking about. A lot of people say mainstream 
without even knowing what the mainstream is actually right but people are unaware of the centuries of classical islamic tradition so what i mentioned al-azhar mm. gave a fatwa recently saying 18 hours is, is excessive based on early uh, islamic tradition mm. that's all mainstream as well that's normative uh, i would say please research the subject study it thoroughly before you talk about mainstream islam mainstream islam allows many different traditions and is guided by the spirit of of not making things too hard not too easy either mm. but not too hard and I would say please uh, uh, study these subjects uh, before you come to a, a conclusion and please don't dismiss other viewpoints, especially uh, such as my own and others, and other, many other scholars, which is based on detailed analysis of 14th centuries of Islamic tradition and jurisprudence mm-hmm. and also of the latest science and technology because we can't uh, deny that you know we know far more now about these things uh, that many people did uh, centuries ago. So uh, I, th- I think with increasing awareness and knowledge of these things, uh, a lot of these disputes will actually disappear. I hope that will happen. I, what's resonated with me in this conversation is that simple uh, line from the Quran, as you said, it was just basically don't kill yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a, it's, it's a very important line. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another verse which says, do not kill yourself. Do not kill yourselves because God has has always been merciful to you. And I would like to finish with that because mercy and compassion is the spirit of the Quran. You know, Muslims begin with uh, the name of God, the merciful, the compassionate all the time. The spirit of Islam is mercy and compassionate. So, so please be gentle with ourselves, but also, uh, as I said, enjoy Ramadan and uh, enjoy the fruits of hard work and worship. Thank you very much. Thank you again to Dr. Osama Hassan for joining us on this episode of Those Podding Muslims. You can find more of our work online, nhorizons.org, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For now, though, thank you for listening. <laughs>